0: I'm ready to do it I can't be afraid now Put me on the stage now I'm ready to rage now I feel like an animal Stuck in a cage And I'm ready to break out
1: Hey guys, it's Jay here and welcome to the Mindset of Muscle podcast. It's been a while since I put out an episode and I'm going to start keeping consistent with this again with at least one episode per week. Some of the episodes will be with a guest and others will be just a brain dump of things on my mind and extracts from my Instagram live sessions, which have been bloody good even if I do say so myself. Today's episode is a bit of a cracker as I caught up a couple of weeks ago with Jordan Syatt. Jordan is well known for being Gary Vaynerchuk's personal trainer, and over the past few years has amassed millions of followers with his straightforward, no-bullshit approach to nutrition and training. We talk about a lot of things on this podcast, from building up a social media presence to what it was like coaching one of the best-known entrepreneurs in the world. You're going to love this one, folks, so without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Jordan, how are you? What's up, bro? Yeah, good. We got tight in yesterday. And like any good conversation and content creator, it was like, we should record this. Mm. No, it's like, mm. guess what we should do? We'll we'll film this tomorrow and we'll record it. So, yeah, yeah.
0: How are you? We're in Liverpool at the moment. I'm good, man. I'm good. I got a great sleep last night, which was which, unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> Went out to dinner and people were like, "Oh, there's an after party," and I was like, "I'm going to bed." <laughs> that was that was a good idea. It was uh, like a forty-five minute queue for a drink and
1: the funniest oh. thing ever someone ordered a drink and he said i'll be right back and he didn't come back oh my god <laughs> i swear i saw him jump i swear i saw him jump in the river so that was just <laughs> we were just like yeah we're done there so um i can't like any conversation Joe, i want to take it back to because first thing that we're talking about is where this all kind of started the whole social media stuff because I was talking about mm. you know for me it was 2011 yeah it was facebook yeah that was the only platform at the time which yep. was going on i actually remember that they they had facebook pages come out yeah and i was like oh this is really cool and i changed my profile to a page and and i realized that i've just lost my profile <laughs> so at that time at the time and i think it was really weird back then with social media because there wasn't this kind of thing you had to friend everyone didn't you Correct. So it was like yeah you get a 5,000 friend limit or something like yes, that yes it know was a 5,000 that's exactly yeah. right yeah And that was back when people used to poke you as well yes
0: <laughs> <Do you remember laughs> the weirdest so and so
1: poked you and like why did you poke me so was was Facebook your kind of
0: first platform that yeah I you? dude I started in 2011 as well um I I was uh training at Westside Barbell and I started a website and just posted on my Facebook page. And so every day I would post what I called a strength lesson. So every morning I'd wake up, I'd post my strength lesson. It could be, I don't know, something about nutrition, something about strength training, whatever it was, just a little – like 200 to 500 word strength lesson. And then what I would do is, cause at that time also articles were big, like long form articles. So what I would do is I'd find three articles from people that I loved, whether it was Eric Cressy or Dan John or Pavel Satsalin, whatever it was. And I'd share them on my page. And I would every day, every day, for years, for like three years, I would do that. My mind being like, even if I didn't write the article, people will learn that if they want to learn something about fitness they come to my page and and I think a lot of people now they won't share other people's stuff just because they think it's they're giving away like the competition's going to go somewhere else it's like if people know that you're a good source of information regardless of who wrote it or who created it they'll keep coming back to your page that's how I started in 2011 yeah I, i've forgotten who it was but there was a, a famous dj
1: that was at the win in las vegas okay Calvin Harris. Yep. And he was getting paid a million dollars on a Saturday at the Wynn (laughs) to spin other people's records. (laughs) And and like you said there, I said, look, what you've got to do with your content is be a good DJ. Because a lot of people Mm. are afraid of going, I'm not the best in this industry. It's like, but you know who the best are. Yep. And actually what you're doing, the value that you're bringing is your expertise of knowing what's good and what's not. Yep. And then bringing it to an audience so they don't have to filter through all the shit. A hundred percent. And the fact that you can monetize that and go, look, this this is this is an even easier way to build an audience. Because you be- can become a very good DJ by spinning other people's tracks. Correct. you then become the go-to person for understanding who the go-to people are. Yeah. And as you said, some of the limitations with, with a lot of people are... You know, I don't want to introduce anyone else in case they take steal my thunder and yeah. take things away. And I think that's more of an insecurity thing with, a, with yes. a lot of people, especially a lot of coaches and a lot of business owners. And I think it's something that we said yesterday about right, about success and uh, and people thinking that it's like a bucket that if you take from it, that you're taking from other people. Yeah. When in actual fact, it's like a flowing river. It's just like look, it's all good. There's plenty of people that need help, and actually, if you collaborate, yeah, then you know. You get a great business,
0: I get a great business, and, and we help so many more people. And there, the thing about the fitness industry, it's endless. People will always want and need help in fitness all over the world, regardless of what language you speak, what your, your sex is, about or anything. Like, no matter what, people will always need fitness help. There's more than enough to go around. The idea that, like, you're going to lose business because someone's going to go to someone else, it's... It's it's flawed thinking, and I get it. I especially as like an early coach, really early on, who maybe it's difficult to pay the bills, but like it's it's incorrect thinking. Yeah, hundred percent. So sp- something obviously probably get asked at
1: nearly every interview, million times, <laughs> and, and I assume it's a bit of an eye roll now about working with Gary V. Yeah, yeah. I'm just fascinated where that opportunity came around, and also just like to to understand that better because I think depending on where someone is in their career and what they're doing at the time, it is something that is an opportunity, but it takes a careful consideration because it that's not something that can be taken lightly. That's yeah. something that changes your entire life. So yeah, how did that come about? And
0: what was the kind of decision-making process for yourself to go, yeah, let's do that? So I love this story. Um, like I said, I started writing in 2011, <clears throat> and I started writing one article a week, every week on my website for three years. So it's not like an Instagram post. An Instagram post you can do relatively quickly. Um, an article takes like 20 to 24 hours of work over the course of a week between thinking of it, researching it, writing it, editing it, publishing it, all of that. So I was writing at least one a week every week for three years. In 2012, I wrote an article that to this day is one of my least popular, least read articles ever. And I should mention for the first like two years of writing articles – I was getting, like, 20 to 40 views a day, and most of which were my mom. Like, that was, like, the only person who read my articles, and she didn't even like them. Um, <laughs> so, so I wrote an article in 2012 that, to this day, is one of my least popular articles ever. It was three ways to improve your posture while you work at a desk. And it was just, that was it. And I thought it was a great article, but apparently people hated it. But there was one person who found that article who really liked it, and he asked a question in the comment section. And... Again, there were only like 20 people or so looking at these articles, so I would always reply to every comment, and emojis didn't exist, like I wasn't just giving a thumbs up or a fire, like I was replying in depth. So I forget what the question was, and I didn't know who this person was, but they asked a question I replied in depth. Long story short, that person was an accountant in Chicago at the time. That guy decided that he wanted to become a personal trainer, so he moved from Chicago to New York. In New York, he ended up meeting Gary Vaynerchuk and he ended up becoming Gary's first coach. Then he worked with Gary for two years. And after those two years, Gary was was like, do you want to continue working with me? And this guy said, no, I'm done. So Gary said, who's going to coach me next? And he said, I think I know a guy. And Gary had a lot of back pain and knee pain and postural issues. So this guy who initially found me in 2012 from this posture-related article then reached out to me. I was living in Israel at the time and he was like, do you want to coach Gary? And I thought it was a prank. I, like, I, we hadn't really spoken since this 2012 article. Like, I didn't know that it was the same guy from that article. I had no idea. And, uh, and his name is Mike Vacanti. And now we run a business together and we're like best friends. But I didn't. I thought it was a prank. But then I flew from Tel Aviv to New York. I interviewed with Gary. I coached him for an hour. Then I flew back to Tel Aviv. And then I didn't hear anything for six weeks. And then six weeks go by, I'm in Haifa with my family, and I get a text from an unknown number saying, uh, are you ready? And I, the interview had been out of my mind, I just assumed I didn't get the job, and so I reply, who the fuck is this? (laughs) And then I get a text from Gary, shirtless and flexing, and that's how I found out I got the job. And uh, and that's it, but it, it all stems from, number one, writing a ton of content on a consistent basis, with no one reading it, basically, and, Ironically, I didn't know that this one piece of content would change my life forever, and it was a shitty piece of content that no one liked except this one person just happened to be the right person that I replied to. And I absolutely love that because so many people, as you said,
1: 20 people, but you don't know who those 20 people are. Correct. And if you are consistent with something, it's it's a lot like just keep putting the reel out and waiting yeah. for the bait to come. Yep. And, and being patient as well. And I think someone said... I've had a lot of people in my community say, look, you know, my views have gone down. Um, All of this have gone down. What do I do? And I'm like, well, we just carry on. Yeah. (laughs) You just don't stop. Yeah." And I I told him a story that um, last year, my TikTok started getting less and less views. And actually someone commented on my TikTok. said, dude, your account's dying. Just stop. Oh, my God. And I love that. I love stuff (laughs) like that. And my response was, you can't fail if you don't give up.
0: Mm. And it
1: was just like, yeah, because, you know, one thing I said I've been like, like you said I've been doing this for ten years, eleven years now, and um I've just been doing it every day, and it's not been super fast growth I, as I said to you, you know the social media things doubled this year, but it took me ten years <clears throat> to to get there, correct, and I'm so glad that it has now because I've built the skills and 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 the knowledge as well that yeah. I'd rather people follow me now than maybe have that five six years ago when I was a very different person Yep. Yeah. so So, yeah, take us through kind of the the Gary V experience (laughs) of your life because, you know, something that we spoke about yesterday was that, you know, we we talk about this kind of balance of selfishness and selflessness. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course, the the job's very demanding and, you know, you're probably
0: putting Gary first above your own needs. So just, yeah, just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, I mean, Gary is the hardest worker I've ever met in my life. A lot of people ask, one of the first questions is, like, is he actually like he is online. and He's exactly the same. He's an amazing, amazing guy, unbelievably hard worker. And the deal was, it was a three-year deal. So seven days a week, three years, no weekends off, no vacations. Like I'm with Gary every day. And this is pre-COVID. So we were traveling more than we were in New York. So if Gary was in Hong Kong, then I was in Hong Kong coaching him. If he was in LA, I was in LA coaching him. If he was in London, I was in London coaching. Wherever he was, I was. And uh, it was brutal. It was really, I almost quit three times in the first six months just because it was devastating on my mental and emotional well being. Like, I was an elite powerlifter for years before that. So, my own training for me always came first. And in this situation, for the first time in my life since I was 14 years old, my own training wasn't a priority. It was Gary. And then, you know, I still had my own business, I still had my inner circle, my one on one clients. So, like, I couldn't, I couldn't put myself first for the first time ever, and it was very difficult. Um, and I remember about the six month mark, because up until about six months, I kept trying to get my own training in like I had used to, and I couldn't. And finally, I had a conversation with myself where I was like, listen, I've got two and a half years left. I'm not gonna focus on myself right now. And, I, and in my head, I, I became okay with getting fatter and, and and losing muscle and, and losing strength. I was like, listen, it's what's gonna happen, but I'm gonna focus on Gary and my business, and that's it. And I, like, lig- I remember having that conversation. I was walking around in Washington Square Park. It was a nice day out, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I, I have to be okay with that. So I didn't just stop working out completely. I didn't just like completely eat like an asshole, but like, I went from working out like almost every day doing something to like two or three times a week at most for about 30 to 45 minutes. Um, I was I ended up not sleeping as much cuz I really was working as hard as I possibly could. And so and you can see on my YouTube channel cuz I was posting every week like you can see the progression of me like getting a little bit softer, not being as like physically in shape or a high level powerlifter. And um, and it was worth it. Like my business grew, my clients got amazing results. Uh, I did more for my business in those 3 years than I think most people do in about 10 years. And so it's not something that I would want to continue now. It's, and that's why I stopped coaching after three years because I needed to prioritize myself. But those three years in which I really put myself on the back burner and put everything else on the front, it helped a lot. And uh, it, I wouldn't say it was optimal for my health, but it did really help my business. And this is kind of balanced question. I spoke about this with
1: my first daughter coming along, yeah, yeah. putting 50 pounds on yeah, yeah. and saying I had this picture of me um, you know, the heaviest I've ever been and also the happiest I've ever been. Because yeah. I was like, you might see that as my before and after, but I'm just as happy in this one as I am in this mm. one, it's just a different physique. And it's because, as you said, putting myself you know on a back burner and actually what happened was you know, this realisation that my business isn't based on how I look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's based on how I get others to look and feel. Yeah. And that was a massive change in my mindset for that because daughter comes gain all that weight but then business doubles because I'm working with more clients helping them more and if you ask me you know would I do that all again hell yeah (laughs) once again it was just like it's just as fun trying to lose 50 pounds as well because that also gave me a new insight because I've always stayed in good shape my whole life and I'm only you know if I'm like oh I need to you know get back into you know get back into the swing of things it's four to six weeks and I'm I'm back in the game and Gaining 50 pounds, you're like six weeks in. You're like, oh, eight weeks in. God, this sucks. Yeah. Twelve weeks in, damn. <laughs> and 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 I was like, damn, like like for the first time ever, I get this. I'm, yeah. I'm a British Army, like ex British Army soldier, who's disciplined. And I'm 14 weeks in, and I'm not back to the way I used to be. And I'm like, this is this is tough. Yeah. And I was like, shit. If I'm struggling now to lose 50 pounds as a ex soldier. That's disciplined yeah. in this stuff. How is a person that's not got that discipline? <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I was just like, I get it now. Gee, yeah, it is. It is a journey. It is a. It is a struggle. Uh, and I think along that that journey gave me so much empathy for other people. hundred percent. And I think this is that that thing that I needed to go. <clears throat> it's, yeah, this this shit's easy, but it's tough. Yeah, you know, it it's funny.
0: So difficult. I now that you say that. I think going through that helped my content a lot as well, like like empathy for clients and understanding for sure. But as a young coach, oftentimes, you know, we're in really good shape and we're strong. And often we rely on ourselves as our content, showing our body, showing our lifts. And number one, it's not relatable to the everyday person. But number two, it's just not good content. Like, no one cares about your six-pack. No one cares about your 400-pound hip thrust. No one cares. No one gives a shit. They don't. But in that moment, like, it's very ego-driven, and you want to show people what you can do. So as I got a little bit more out of shape, and as I got softer, and as I didn't have, like, the, the world-class lifts anymore, I wasn't showing them. And I had to rely on my knowledge of what I could actually help people with. And that's when my business took off, when I started to actually help people with what I was saying and not just showing off what I could do. Yeah, and I think you know that transition from social media has changed
1: a hell of a lot because when I think when social media first started, it was about showing off. Yeah, it was. And it and it was you know it's like look how shredded I am look how look at my dedication and stuff and it, and that it, and it worked. Yeah, it did because this is the first time that you're viewing it. Everybody else, others other people's lives because when Facebook is about, it's about nosing on other people and what they're doing and displaying that. And then there just seems to be this massive kind of paradigm shift of going, you know, this is making me unhappy. Looking at how amazing other people are, yeah. And then this thing of going, ah, oh, okay, we've kind of got this wrong. It's about, it's not about showing off. It's about showing up and giving value to people. Yes, exactly. And you know, through that time, I was like, cool. I'm documenting my progress mm-hmm. as accountability. that whole fifty pound weight loss? I used to do vlogs, and that was where I, like, <coughs> funny random story. Um, do you know Greg Plitt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 2011. Uh, Man, what Olymp- a legend right yeah oh my god 2011 at the uh olympia expo that the after party chatting to him and he was talking to me about GregPlit.com and he said it's he's, he's it's nine dollars 99 a month he's got twenty five thousand subscribers Jeez. and i'm like i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna launch a subscription <laughs> site uh and that and that was my massive thing because that, at that time um i launched it um my name was grenade j at the time and launched that subscription site within a year I had like a thousand people paying eight eight ninety nine a month. And once again, a lot of that was documenting my own Yeah. You know, I used to take this little GoPro Hero (laughs) Two with some blue tack, tack it on the gym, go and work out, then go home with a headset on and voice over everything that I was doing. And And that was the content. Yeah. But People were really interested in that because what the value that they got is interest in what somebody is doing to do that. Yeah. So they can learn for themselves, and yeah. that was the realization. It wasn't about me. It was about learning from me. Mm-hmm. And that's what people want to do. They don't like to be told what to do. Correct. They feel like if they like, for example, I I do a lot of sea dips every morning, and so many people got into sea dips, but not once have I said go and for, go for a sea dip. <laughs> it's like, why is why is he jumping in that sea every day, and why is he always smiling? We're going to give that a go, and I think that's that important thing about, you know, as Gary said about documenting. it's not yeah. documenting to go look how awesome I are. Yeah. I am. It's like a lot of people feel that they need to be an authority. When actual fact, they only need to be a couple of chapters ahead. Yeah. And actually, that's more inspirational for for somebody who goes, hey, he's a little bit further than me. I'm going to follow him because I'm going to get more out of that than the guy yeah. with the six pack. Yeah. And that's what's that's what I say to people all the time getting over that imposter syndrome is like they feel that they need to have read the entire book instead of the first couple of chapters yeah and i spoke about this with um the film catch me if you can such the, a good movie um they asked him how did you manage to teach this class yeah he said well you know i'd read two chapters and i was teaching the first chapter and i'm like this is exactly <laughs> what this is what should get you out of this imposter syndrome so of going, smart look, just just you're a couple of chapters ahead and that's really that's empowering for um a lot yeah you know, a lot of your potential clients as yeah. well. yeah
0: and and I think it's that and then social you're talking about social media is so different now before it was like sort of showing off and it was a lot of it was creating a fake persona and yep. and now there was so much of that I think people burned out of that so fast it's really just about being yourself and it's funny because I get a lot of coaches asking me, like, well, what if I don't have, like, I'm not super funny. Like, you don't have to be. You don't have to be a stand-up comedian. You don't even have to be, like, really good on camera. If you go back and look at my old YouTube videos, oh, my God they were awful. And they still drive a significant amount of business to me to this day. Like I would stand in front of the camera for the first like two years of YouTube. It was just all exercise video tutorials. And I'd get up and I'd be in my college gym, super loud, terrible audio. And I'd be, I was so nervous on camera that I was like swaying side to side and my face was red. And I was like, hi, my name's Jordan Syatt from SyattFitness.com. And today I'm going to show you the single leg Romanian deadlift. And like, people would comment like dude why are you swaying side to side relax a little bit but like to this day those videos still bring a lot of business to me because people find them and they're very helpful and the reality is as long as you are who you are and i think one of the best things you can do is just say how you're feeling in the moment Mm, so like if if you're on camera and it makes you nervous be like hey what's going on my name is so-and-so I'm going to make fitness content, but I'm really nervous right now because I'm on camera. And like, so if I'm stumbling over my words or whatever, like, I'm sorry, but I'm just really nervous to be doing this. People immediately appreciate that. And they feel a connection with you versus if you try and have this fake bravado and pretend to be someone you're not, it smells weird like people don't like that and they might not like you not because of you but because of who you're pretending to be but as long as you're just very honest from the beginning people love it so if between being a couple chapters ahead and just being honestly you it's that's the recipe yeah and i think people they're afraid
1: to have content out there where they're nervous so they don't do it at all and then they're a year down the line going i'm not very good at video i'm like yeah but like if, if you did it for not for the last six months, and did all that sweating and nervousness <clears throat> and with with me I'd, I'd left the army started doing content was a complete robot <laughs> <laughs> didn't know have any like completely emotionless <laughs> with my content just wait yeah, and what we're gonna do is this uh, and then i was I, I, and I was an um monster, so um what we're gonna do um is this um and this um and I look back at it, and I love I, I think I said yesterday. I love bringing up the old videos and going, yeah. look at how, look at this deadlift. <laughs> how, <laughs> how, what was I thinking? <laughs> and also, look at this video. Look how much I'm stumbling. Look how much I'm playing with my fingers. Yeah. It's like you've got to go through those awkward moments <clears throat> to get better because you will look back on these things and go, that's going to be inspirational for somebody and go, look, yes. I was just exactly the same as you. But I just got through it. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing about getting through it. And this kind of transitions well, Jordan, to talk about audience building and, and talk about content. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give somebody who's looking to go right? I'm I'm down. I'm down for the I'm down for the sweats. I'm down for the shakes. <laughs> what would your advice be in 2022
0: for somebody looking to build an audience and produce yeah. content? So, you know, I think the first and this is sort of surprising to people, but number one, we all start at zero. We all start at zero followers, and I think it's easy to look at someone who has a lot of followers and say, oh, it's easy for them to say it's easy. But they they started at zero, and you have to – so this is where I'm coming from with that because I started at zero, and the vast majority of my career, I had very few followers. It's only a very small period of time where it's grown, and I think what's really important for me to say is a lot of people think they need hundreds of thousands and millions of followers to have a successful business, and you don't. And that's, I think, the the flaw of of the of having a lot of followers or thinking you need a lot of followers. Like, I had a very successful, happy business with a couple thousand, like two thousand, three thousand. Like, it was a wonderful business. And realistically, I don't think I'm happier now than I was then. I my happiness hasn't gone up. If I'm being objective about it, um, there have been many blessings and things that like have have come. Like this conversation. Would not have been happening if I didn't have more followers. Like I wouldn't have been able to fly to the UK and speak here because there is this, when you have more attention on you, you do get more opportunities. But more opportunities don't always mean more happiness. And more money definitely does not mean more happiness. More followers doesn't mean more happiness. And if your just goal is to have a more successful business that also allows you to have more family time, that allows you to to be with your, your husband or wife or your kids, whatever it is, You don't need tons of followers. And I think a lot of coaches will tell their clients, don't live and die by the number on the scale. Don't live and die. Like that number doesn't mean anything about who you are or anything. But then in the same breath, then they'll go get mad because they got 22 likes on a post and they haven't gotten any new followers. It's like you're a hypocrite because you're worrying about how many followers you have. You're worrying about that number. You're associating that with your self-worth. So for me, I think that's the most important thing is as long as you're consistent with content and helping people – Let's say you've got 500 followers, which, like, by today's standards, is not a lot. But let's say you've got 500. If you have 500 clients, you're fucking killing it. If you have 500 paying clients, like so many people are so focused on getting more followers who don't know them. It's like, how about you reach out to the 500 people you've got? Yeah. Send them a DM. Be like, hey, listen, like I saw you liked my post. Thank you so much. If you can ever, if you need any help, let me know. I'm happy to hop on the phone.
1: I think it's a beautiful thing. Do you have, do you have like butchers in, um, in the US, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like so, for meat. So yeah, so my kind of analogy for this is Walmart versus a butcher's. You walk into Walmart, and you've just got to pick what's off the shelf because there's so much. Yeah, and that they and it's such a big business that it has to be run like that. But you go to a local butcher's, he knows your name, he knows what cuts of meat you like. Yeah, you can have a conversation, and he can charge a bit more than Walmart because yes. of that service that they can't match. And when you have a smaller business and a smaller audience, you can serve them at such a higher rate yes. than any big influencer, which means you 100%. Have, you can charge more, you can connect more, you can provide more value yes. because as you scale, you need systems, you need automation Yep, and you can't just be getting back to every single DM and everything. I've tried, I almost... almost it's impossible. Almost <laughs> broke, me, broke me in two. So... I always say this is like you keep comparing yourselves to all these big influencers yet you have, you're, you're the local butcher. Yeah. Everyone loves the local butcher and you're vegan, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what you said with writing, there is a platform for everyone. If you yes. like talking, there's podcasts. If you like writing, there's medium.com. Yep. If you like video, you've got, you know, your choice of platforms and it's finding what works best for you that you, yeah. first you enjoy and you can be consistent with. And I think so many people, are getting away from t- traditional marketing. I would say what's the average open rate of an email? Thirty percent. If you're lucky, what's the average open rate of a written letter to somebody? Funny enough, it's a hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, oh, hang on a minute. Um so the Get written, back to direct yeah. mail marketing, like yeah. The written words and, and everything else and, you know, text messaging is yeah. being a big thing, which people are like, Text message, Jesus, that's uh that's so old. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but you know, if I think about it, you know, if someone sends me a WhatsApp it's the open rate's very high yeah, as opposed exactly. to somebody who sends me a message on Instagram is very low. You know, and that's what we're we're looking to do with our businesses. But yeah, going back to content, it's about finding what works for you. Yeah. And uh, then enjoying it and then most importantly the obvious one of just being consistent and you don't know who's watching, as you said, twenty people looking at it. Yeah. You don't know what those twenty people who those twenty people are yeah. and what opportunities
0: that they come. And and you don't need to be on every platform. You, like, when I first started, I was on Facebook and my website, and that was it for years. I think now people are like, okay, I need to be on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and podcast and Twitter. and It's like, no, no, just pick one and dominate it. Yeah. Be the best at that one. And it's going to take years, but just do that one. And when you build an audience on one platform, then you can bring them to the next. So first it was my website and Facebook. And then from there, I, I was there for three years, and then I went to email. Then I was in email for a couple of years and then I went to Instagram and I was only on Instagram for a couple of years and then I went to YouTube and I was only on YouTube for a couple of years and then I went to, uh, to TikTok and, and, and podcast. But it, if you look at it right now, I'm on every platform. But when it's done, when you look at it over an 11-year time frame, it was, no, it was one platform at a time yeah. for several years at a time, and then you can bring people with you. Yeah. But just crush one platform and be the best on that platform. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, and it's just like
1: if you build up an audience, they they do follow, especially yeah. if, your, if your content's good. What well, I want to finish with, Jordan, is talking about um, being super pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> not yourself, obviously. Um, but... You've, uh, you've My got, wife is
0: super pregnant.
1: <laughs> your wife is super pregnant. You've got a little girl on the way. Mm-hmm. What have you been like thinking about this year? About because, of course, something like this is probably one of the biggest changes in your life. Priorities change. The way that you think about business and showing up changes. So, what have you found personally over the last, you know, since
0: the beginning of this year? Has changed in you in the lead up to what is going to be happening? A lot. I think one of the main ones has been my focus on my own personal health. Has just been like an immediate shift, uh, doing a lot more cardio, right? I, I'm and I only strength train a couple times a week now. It, it's a lot less about the how strong I am. It's more just about like is my blood pressure okay? Like am am I in shape enough? Like can I run? Can I like am I am I healthy? Um, another shift has just been, I mean, the baby's not even here yet. And, and I like get scared. I'm like, when my wife goes to drive, I'm like, are right, you drive safe? Like, I'm just always thinking like, are you okay? Do you need help? Like, my mindset is like, if you need me, like, I'll hop up, I'll be in the middle of a podcast. If you need me, I'm leaving my phone on. Like, if you need, I'm there. It's, uh, it's like the, the protector in me has come out of nowhere. Whereas before it was like, I'm on a podcast. My phone's off. I'm not pay- Like, I'm unreachable to the outside world. And now it's like, I don't care where I am. I don't care if it's 2 in the morning. I don't. If you need me, I'm there. And baby's not even here yet. So it's like the protector in me has come out of nowhere. And it's uh, it's like this. You know when, I, when you're 18, 19, 20-year-old guy, you've got this weird fire in you that, like, I think diminishes as you get older. Mm-hmm. But a new fire has been lit. And it's this, like un un unextinguishable fire that like my before i left for this trip my wife wanted me to come she's like no go no go she wanted me to go and like i don't care if i'm on a flight immediately i will get off that flight and buy a ticket and get on a flight back immediately so there's this a new fire that's been lit that i'm excited to see what it means for me and my family and and as a husband and a father like what i can do with it yeah all right it's so interesting you say that because there's different parts in, in,
1: in your life of business and what you do where you just get that newfound energy. Sometimes it comes from a new business venture, sometimes it comes from a sort of change in circumstances. Um, and yeah, just the whole has changed because it's not about you anymore, it's about that other person. And a lot of things that, even you know, when I was being in that situation back in 2019, you know, I'd just split from my business partners. I had to build this new business, but also it's like, my son's due in a month's time, and it's like this energy. Like I need to get my shit squared for this <laughs> stuff, and I don't care. I don't care how long it takes to do it. I just do it. And I, I think as well that shifting priorities is that, as you said, I'll be on a plane. Like that is the most important thing. Yeah. And it makes you just realise why you're doing everything, and for me, that's been the biggest thing, the biggest change for me. Yeah. You know, coming from you know, competing and a fitness model, and it all being about me first and then everybody else afterwards, it still is. Yeah. Of course, because as you said, caring about your health, caring about your fitness, but it's so much a small amount. So get up at half four before the kids. Yeah. So I can get my stuff done. So I'm not being selfish when they're there. Yeah. Um, so then, it's sometimes making those sacrifices. Well, it's not necessarily sacrifices. I, I like getting up early anyway, yeah, yeah. but going right, cool. All the priorities change. I need to get my stuff in secretly as much as possible because I know that's going to change, so I can then yeah. turn up and show up, and and matters, and it matters. And I remember this one stage of being really stressed on my laptop, and my daughter coming in, who's three, seeing me staring at the screen, and just. Jumping on the keyboard and pushing <laughs> on it, zero fucks <laughs> given whatsoever. And I looked at her and I looked at my laptop, and I just realised whatever's going on in my head about the stress that's happening there, she doesn't care. She just <laughs> sees a keyboard and wants to play with Daddy. And I was just like, "Fuck this shit." Yeah. And it just completely makes you realise this is the most Im- this is the most important thing. Yeah. This can wait because actually, when I'm focused more on that, this thing on this laptop becomes so much better. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, for me being a massive shift with regards to work, I used to be that 24-7, seven days a week person. Doesn't work, you know, really, unless you've got a massive team around you, of course. (laughs) um, But it's just your energy is so important as you get older. Yeah. And especially when you're turning up and serving people because you being tired, you not being at your best is a disservice to your, you know, to your clients. And when you realize that, you're like, okay, I need to take more time for myself and not feel feel guilty about yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. And, and especially when you've got the little ones around. Um, so, so yeah, I was just uh, just going to be talking about Sports Day and, <laughs> and, uh, and Father's Day. Because I had mine last week with my daughter. I yeah. think I said to you, and we had the Father's Day race. And it's just like, hmm, okay. <laughs> just slightly warming up in the corner. Just like, go on. Um, but you've got all of that all of that to come. Surely, yeah. Which is, yeah, is I'm very, excited. very exciting. Um, so kind of final question. What is the apart from uh, your daughter, what is the focus
0: this year for you? Honestly, um I'm very lucky and fortunate and blessed because I think I was telling you yesterday. I spent my my whole life trying not to get someone pregnant, and then <laughs> and then uh, when I, I when I finally, my wife and I were like, "Hey, we're ready." Like, part of being ready was taking a step away from business, taking a step away from like being okay, like not doing as much work. So for the first time in eleven years, I have zero business goals. <laughs> I just don't like. I'm. I could lose clients and I'd still be happy like i'm not i I could lose followers and i'd still be happy um 25 year old me would look at me right now and be like you're a wuss like what are you doing um but it's the truth and and right for my goal is is to be able to provide for my family and protect them but i don't like give them everything that they need but not necessarily everything that they want and at this point in my life like i can do that and so i just want to be there for them and that's it that, like that's all it that's literally it uh, that's all yeah you know, it's,
1: it's epic as well and uh, i think one of the things is is that you know that you've got skills mm, and yeah. that have taken you 10 years to develop yes and taking that time for yourself and your family that's those skills aren't going anywhere you know you, yeah you know, you know the game now you know how to work it and you can you can push that button whenever you want correct and, it. and it's a great situation whereas you're younger you're trying to figure out that thing yes you're trying to you know trying to make you are know, trying to build the following, you're trying to make a name for yourself. Yeah. And and that's what I say to people about, you know, <clears throat> building that thing up It is relentless. But also you get to a stage where you're like, Do you know, what? it's a lot easier for me now. Yeah, it's exactly. so much easier. And with that ease becomes, as you said, more opportunities, but the ability to slow down. Yeah. And I think as you get older, it's so important to realize that the pace changes. Yeah especially if you want to stay in this for another ten
0: years exactly yeah and just like you said, once you've built up the skills, you can go you can if you want to turn it up you can turn it up anytime it, It's very different than the stage of learning how to do it and and climbing the mountain versus like once you've like you've reached a point where you're like, okay, I'm good. you can like sort of coast or along the ridge and you can turn it down and turn it up and turn it sort of like you know weight loss and maintenance like, I'm at a maintenance stage right now but if I decide I want to get shredded cool I'll turn, up, I'll turn it up and like I know what to do mm. and it will be relatively easy for me because I've done it so many times so uh, I'm not going to disappear but I'm just I'm not going to go that hard with business anymore like I my goals for so many years I would I would write down my business goals hand on on a sheet of paper every six months I would do that and I had like I before even had to think I knew what my goals would be and now like I just, I just don't have business goals anymore I'm still going to work I just it's not my main goal. Yeah, love it.
1: Jordan, thank you ever so much for chatting today. It's yeah, been man. an awesome conversation. Likewise. And I appreciate you, man.
0: Thank you, bro. No problem. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be...